is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Thursday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. And boy, did my mood change for the better earlier in the week when I got word that my guy, Steve Mears, has become the television play-by-play voice of the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I got to tell you, I feel like a bit of a star maker, Steve, because you backed me up on the Rangers pre- and post-game show, and now you're on to bigger and better things. The guy that you replaced, Steve Gelbs, is on SNY. So if you want a TV gig, back me up on Rangers, and you're on your way. But well-deserved. You did the Islanders for a while. You killed the World uh, Junior Championships. And I know this has been a lifelong dream for you. So congratulations on the gig, buddy. Thank you. Thank you so much, Donnie. I really appreciate it. It's so great to work with you. I'm going to miss you, miss our Rangers broadcast, because it always worked out. You know, Kenny was doing his his thing in the fall with football, and, and you'd be in the booth. And so you and I worked together quite often. It was, it was great with either Dave Maloney or, or Pete Stemkowski. We had so much fun. Even if you were off somewhere and I was back in the studio, it was right. always fun working with you with the Rangers broadcast. But, uh, yes, uh, I will be having a great time in the fall with, the, with my new team, which isn't all that new to me because I've worked there before. And then, uh, as you said, just – now, it being the hometown team for me, it just makes it extra special. And uh, this week has just been a whirlwind. It, it's incredible to hear such reaction and, and people not only from this here in the New York area, but as far back as high school and, and people you grew up with that you haven't heard from in a while. It's a, it's really an honor and uh, very pleasant and nice to hear all the kind words throughout the week. Yeah, it's going to be tremendous. And of course, you've got a tremendous team to call games for. You grew up a fan. I, when I was reading um, one of the letters, I guess you wrote, maybe it was on Facebook or somewhere where you kind of just wanted to give a thank you to everybody that you'd work with, that you'd go to games and look up at that press box and say, one day I want to be up there. And now to get a chance to do it just must be amazing. Yeah, that uh, that is that is true. That is a true story. And I vividly, speaking of the Rangers, I vividly remember being at the Igloo for a Penguins-Rangers game. And as the action is going on, literally the play is going on, I remember staring up at the at the press box, right? below the, the famous domed ceiling of the igloo and like kind of nudging my brother and, and saying, look, up there, that that's Mike Lang and Paul Steigerwald. No, not that booth, the other one, the one with the big lights. And uh, there they were, my idols. And and then I, they're playing the Rangers, and, I, I, and then I said, I remember saying, look, a couple booths down, that's Sam Rosen. Mm-hmm. He's the voice of the Rangers. He was doing the game for MSG, and that's Sean Davidson right next to him. I could see them. I could, I could vividly see them even to this day. And uh, that was always the dream. Really, the dream was to be in the NHL in any capacity. It didn't matter what it was. But for it to play out, you know, I love the, the art of play-by-play. And it is something I've missed, even though I've had an opportunity to, to do some games and, and the NHL International and the World Juniors, like you said. There, there's something about doing games regularly with mm-hmm. a consistent partner and following the ebb and flow of a team during an entire season. So uh, I'm, I'm truly honored and, and looking forward to it in the fall. Well, when you realize that you can't play the professional sport, the next best thing is to be a part of the team and broadcast it. Uh, that's the thing about me doing play-by-play. It's the closest thing to actually playing, right? You get to take the nap beforehand. You, you, know, you go to the morning <laughs> skate, you take the nap, you go to the arena, you prepare, you call the game, and then if it's on the road, you get on the plane with the team and you fly home. So if you can't play the game, call it. And uh, we both had the uh, opportunity to do that. So I, I wish you the best of luck. You'll still be doing NHL now with EJ uh, and, and Michelle McMahon right throughout the playoffs and then and then next year off to Pittsburgh. Uh, 
ago to do the Penguin games. Let, let's talk a little bit about your team, and that's the Penguins. And and I know you called um, the you hosted for Westwood won the game last night, and I, I think this Penguin team's in a little bit of trouble. What do you think? Yeah, the, the the biggest thing, and I've been concerned ever since the series started, is the injuries and just the the mounting injuries one after another. And I, I wondered how much more can they withstand? It's like one after another, one player per game going down with an injury. Now, it doesn't seem much better when you get the updates and you hear the same thing about Justin Schultz and Brian Rust and Patrick Hornquist. The prognosis doesn't sound all that great. But I don't count this team out because of the resiliency that we've seen time and time again. Let's not forget they got blown out in Game 6 against Washington, and everybody thought they were done, and they come back with their best effort of the playoffs. And that was still with that depleted lineup in Game 7. But now here we are, two rounds in, very tough second round against Washington, very physical and now facing a physical and frustrating Ottawa team. So yeah, it's tough, but you know they're going to be better in game four. And they have this bounce back ability. I, I just wonder if they have much left because of the, the grind. And it's not just this postseason, it's the long year and the mm-hmm. short summer of last year. We know how difficult it is to repeat. And uh, that is part of it. That's why it hasn't happened since 1997 and 98. Nowadays, it's even more difficult. And here in a condensed schedule this year with the World Cup and everything, it's and the, the bye week, it, it, incredibly hard. When you think about it that way, it's almost miraculous that they've gotten this far. No, it is so true. And, and having you kind of saw – uh, it happened in games five and six, I think, of the last series. They just know how to win game sevens, especially against the Capitals, who I think are still trying to learn how to win with that group. But now they're taking out an Ottawa team. And listen, I didn't give them much of a chance because I thought the Rangers were better, and I thought the Rangers blew winning that series. But now you look at the way that they're playing against Pittsburgh. I mean, this team, I think, has got an excellent chance to win the Cup. And now I think Sullivan's got a very interesting decision to make. Who is his goaltender for game four, Steve? If it's me, I'm going back to Marc-Andre Fleury. He, he's the guy that got them there, and he's been so good. And I don't even pin this loss last night on him. So I go back to Marc-Andre Fleury because he's been that spectacular. But let's not forget that the, the clear number one goalie for the team is, Mar, is Matt Murray. That, right. He is the number one guy. There's, there's a reason why he played more in the regular season. There's a reason why he was the starting goalie in the playoffs before he got hurt in the warm-up. He was going to start game one. So he's the goalie of the number one goalie of the present and the future, and he did it last year as we know winning the cup. And he's healthy, and he looked pretty good last night. So it would not shock me at all if they went back to their number one guy, Matt Murray. The thing, though, that makes it a unique circumstance is that Marc-Andre Fleury is not a backup. He is a legitimate number one goalie sure. in this league. He just happens to be the second goalie of the two in the organization. And uh, that that would allow me to say I'm going back to Marc-Andre Fleury. He's the experienced guy. These The players, under any circumstances, no matter how injured they are, they want to run through a wall for this guy. They love him so much, and they owe him because it wasn't really his fault last night, and he has bailed them out time and time again in this postseason. So I'm going back to Mark andre Fleury, but no shock at all if it's Matt Murray who walks out of that tunnel 
as the first player out for Pittsburgh in the warm-ups tomorrow night with game number four because uh, there's no doubt he is the Penguins' number yeah. one goaltender. That's the fact. This would have been his job had he not tweaked something in warm-ups of game one against Columbus. So, you know, this is the number two goaltender in Flurry that ended up getting pulled. And I agree with you. I think I go back to Flurry, but I think the lease has to be short, right? I mean, I don't think you can really allow him to play too poorly before you go back to Murray. So let him go in there. But if he gives up a couple of goals early, then I don't think Sullivan would have any problem pulling him. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think there's, I don't think there's any risk in doing so. It would kind of have to be a situation where they're reeling a little bit and they want to switch things up. And last night, the, the thing that puts your mind at ease if you're one of the Penguin coaches that Matt Murray played really well. He only gave up the one goal. He made a couple of really good saves for a guy who hasn't played in over a month. I give him a lot of credit jumping right in there, and maybe that was an opportunity to just get some game action and prepare for an appearance at some point later on, if not in this series, in, in what's left of the Stanley Cup playoffs if the Penguins are able to go further. So it, it is an interesting dilemma. It is probably about as tough of a goalie decision as you can think of in recent memory because normally it's like you have a goalie and then there's a clear-cut backup and in almost all situations you lean toward the the number one guy but how many teams have two number right. one goalies legitimate number one goalies and Mark andre Fleury is that he, he could be a starter just about anywhere so uh, it is an interesting dilemma just because of the quality at the position that the Penguins have it's very unique we're talking to Steve Mears from NHL Now, uh, 4 to 6 Eastern time on the NHL Network and also the new television voice of the Pittsburgh Penguins here on Game Misconduct. Let's go to the other side of the coin, and that's the Western Conference Final. Nashville is up two games to one, 10 straight wins at home as they'll play the game four tonight. Uh, do you think the Ducks have a chance to even the series tonight? I do. It's just I wonder if they're running out of gas a little bit, too. Remember, they had the long series against Edmonton, and they've played tough, tough games. And also having to go to Nashville, where the Predators are 6-0 and at home. They've won 10 straight playoff games at home, and they look unstoppable in that building. And that is as distinct and as heavy a home ice advantage as we've seen and there are great atmospheres around the league, don't get me wrong, especially this time of year, but there at Bridgestone Arena, it feels like something you have to deal with. It's yeah. like this entity, you're battling that seventh player, as the phrase goes, but it really is something that you have to deal with in the course of a game. It kind of reminds me, one place would be Montreal. If you've been to Montreal, and uh, anyone listening has been there for a playoff game, uh, you'd know that uh, when, it gets to the, when it gets to the postseason, there is something different at the Bell Center, and it's like you have to deal with these momentum swings that are almost caused by the crowd. It's uh, it's absolutely oh. insane. So, uh, and obviously Ranger fans are, are familiar with that from round number one. But um, it's that is the one thing. If if they can't win. In Nashville, it's going to be pretty difficult because tonight they're risking going down 3-1. And I wonder if all the the grind of the playoffs, long series, a lot of travel too for Anaheim. Let's not forget a couple of trips to Alberta. And uh, Nashville never left the central time zone in their first two rounds. So uh, that might be a factor as well. Yeah, it kind of wears down. Perry getting older. Getzloff getting a little older. And also, you know, I see Rick DiPietro quite a bit because he works here at 98.7 ESPN. We both agree Gibson's been great. 
But I don't know. I'm not quite sure how he's doing it. I, I really don't. I mean, I'm not trying to disrespect him as a goaltender. I think he's a very good goaltender. But there are times where you just wonder. Sometimes he looks like he's a little fatigued, doubled over after. Sometimes he's forced to make a bunch of saves. And I just, I really like Pecorine in the matchup with Gibson. So it's hard for me. If you ask me what goaltender is going to shine above the rest to get uh, this job done, I think that might be the difference in who ends up winning this series. Yeah, it's funny with Gibson, isn't it? Because when he is on, and yeah. he's he's sharp as he was in especially January and February when he went on that run at the in the second half of the regular season. He is awesome. He's among the best in the world. And then when he struggles, it's really bad. And uh, and yeah, sometimes I don't know if it's body language or demeanor. Maybe that's just the way he is. It doesn't look good or comfortable. And a couple of times, yeah. Now, in fairness, in the last game, he got bowled over numerous times. Oh yeah. And uh, I totally agree with those calls, Absolutely. by the way. You cannot bowl, even if you're going hard to the net, you can't bowl the goalie over and then expect, at the very least, don't you can't think that, oh, well, then the puck gets put in after he gets bowled over. How can that not be a goal? Of course you can't have the goalie knocked over into the net on his back and then a follow-up goes in. It just doesn't work that way. So I agreed with those uh, disallowed goals. But you wonder if that's taking its toll for a goaltender who has dealt with a lot of injuries, not only this year, but in years past. He's, he's been tweaked here and there, and it's always something that's kind of bothering Maybe something is still bothering him. But when he is on, and as he, as he was at times in Game oh, yeah. 3, for the majority of Game 3, he's among the best. I mean, he had 38 saves, and uh, afterward the players on the Ducks side were just raving about his performance. Uh, Ryan Getzlaff said he was awesome, he was spectacular, and, and he really was. No, he's been terrific, and I don't mean to take anything away. I think Rene's just overall the better goaltender, and that's the difference. Plus, Nashville is up 2-1, playing in a place tonight they never lose, a chance to go up three games to one, and... I don't know. I just I, I was there in Anaheim in 07. I was there in Carolina in 06. There's something special about one of those non-traditional hockey markets getting exposed to a run for the first time. So I think that that's really what's happening in Nashville is a pretty cool thing and, and very sustainable, I think, for the future, too, with some of the young players that they have on this team. Steve, I know i got to let you go. you got a lot of go- stuff going on. Congratulations again on the gig. Can't wait to see you on the road next year and, and have fun with these playoffs. We'll probably talk to you uh, in a little while before they raise the Stanley Cup. Yeah, can't wait, Don. Thanks so much for the kind words. I appreciate it, and I'm looking forward to running into you. Dinner in Pittsburgh, whenever you're in town with the Rangers, I'm looking forward to uh, coming to the Garden as a visitor and uh, seeing you at uh, PPG Paints Arena there in yeah. Pittsburgh. But uh, thanks for everything over the years, and uh, it's always good to work with you. I really appreciate we'll it. We'll go to Hyde's Park or something like that in Pittsburgh. There you go. That real high-end stuff. All right, buddy. There it is. Good luck. Sounds good. Thanks, Donnie. All right, that's Steve Mears. Always good to talk to him. NHL Now, Monday through Friday, six, uh, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, does it with uh, E.J. Raddick, our guy, every Monday here on Game Conduct, and Michelle McMahon. And, and, again, congratulations on the new gig. And, you know, Pittsburgh's had all their injuries. You know, no no Schultz now and playing, obviously, without Latang. You knew the loss of Latang was going to rear its ugly head at some point, and maybe it's happened now. And you can get in touch with me at Don LaGreca, hashtag Game Conduct, as Michael did. And he says, do you think the Sens pulled a rope-a-dope sitting back in the first two games and then coming out guns a-blazing in game three in that 5-1 win, scored four goals in the first period? I do not. I, I think that it's just a wearing down of Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh's still a more talented team than Ottawa. I think in a lot of cases a better team when everything is even. 
But Pittsburgh has played a lot of games. You're starting to see, I think, the engine beginning to wear down. And I think Ottawa's just a little stronger now. Uh, they win in overtime in Game 1. They don't get the break losing one nothing in Game 2. But they got the split they were looking for. And now I just you're seeing fresher legs. I think you're seeing a fresher team that didn't have to play a Game 7 against the Rangers and didn't have to play a Game 7 in the first round against Boston and found themselves, I think, a little bit more well-rested, a little bit faster, home ice advantage. And I know we've been very critical of the Ottawa fans maybe not being the best in the league, but they really showed up in Game 3. I thought the atmosphere was tremendous, at least it came across on television. And we do have good news that Doc Emmerich will be back in that series for Game 4. He's been under the weather, missed the first three games of the Eastern Conference Final, but he'll be back on Friday for that pivotal Game 4. But I just don't think it was Ottawa playing rope, but I just think that you're starting to see Pittsburgh wear down a bit. Now, can they still win the series? Sure. If they're able to steal game four, then they get home ice advantage in the best of three series. But I don't know if they're equipped to come back 3-1 down. So Friday is going to be huge. I don't think the Ducks are equipped to come back 3-1 down. That's why tonight's game is huge. Uh, the Hockey 4-1-1 asks Flurry or Murray in game four. And I agree with Steve. You go back to mock Andre Flurry. They wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. Uh, the way he's played goal sometimes in these series but I would have a very short leash with him. Uh, if he gives up a quick early goal, a two, they fall behind. At that particular point, I think Sullivan would have no choice but to pull uh, the plug and bring Murray in, who did help you win a Stanley Cup last year. Um, Guy says, a great interview with Pete Weber from Nashville. Looks like they have the horses to get it done. Flurry keeps starting job. I say yes, so I agree with you, Guy, there. And thank you so much for um, the critique on the Pete Weber interview yesterday on Game Misconduct. He is fabulous. So much fun to get a chance to talk to him. Uh, Brett Lustig, one of our favorites, says Pitt seems out of gas, angry because Rangers had two very late leads against Ottawa, should have won, and should have gone to the finals. Well, listen, if Ottawa ends up winning this series, and if you really believe the Rangers were better as I did, then yeah, the Rangers maybe missed the opportunity. If Pittsburgh is, in fact, wearing down and could have been had, uh, the Rangers might have been able to do it, too. Eli says, how many more puck-moving defensemen can the Pens lose? What are your thoughts on Mears in for Steigerwall? And, of course, Eli, you know how I feel about it. If you've been listening to this game, misconduct, I think Steve is fabulous. But I, I have to say, Paul was great. Uh, dealing with him on the road. I th- he and Mike Lang are a great combination. Lang, of course, doing the radio. He's in the Hall of Fame. Steigerwald doing television. But Mears is my guy. I am very, very happy for him getting this gig for sure. All right, so tonight, Game 4, Nashville and Anaheim from Nashville. Predators lead that series two games to one. And don't forget, of course, tomorrow, Friday, will end the week. Uh, previewing the Penguins and the Senators, that series 2-1 in favor of Ottawa. So we'll be back with you again tomorrow. Don't forget to get uh, the feedback going at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. We're not just talking playoffs, anything else going on in hockey for sure. At the World Championships, bad loss for the USA today as they got shut out by Finland 2-0. They looked lethargic. They looked out of it. Give Finland a lot of credit. They played really good defense. So the United States couldn't even get to the semifinals, which you know after losing that first game against Germany, they won six straight games, and now they get knocked out. Uh, earlier today as we're recording Canada's playing their game against Germany maybe we'll talk about that a little bit tomorrow but it's not just about the playoffs it's about hockey in general so climb aboard at Don LaGreca hashtag game misconduct you can follow us on Apple Podcasts you can follow us on ESPN app and also subscribe to Game Misconduct we'll be back with you again tomorrow thanks to Steve Mears for joining us this was the Thursday edition of Game Misconduct this is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca